What it do? What the business is? I'm Rodney. I'm Jamal. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Vince. And we are Under Construction. Construction. All right. Today, we're going to start out with our back-to-back winning season segment. Uh, I just have a quick question for you guys. What's up? In about two years, Cam and Ed Sun are up. <laughs> As far as contract, I'm sorry. Who's Ed Son? <laughs> oh, Christian. Yeah. Okay, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me rephrase this. Cecil Son and Ed Son are up. <laughs> um, as far as contract structure goes, so if you had your, if you had a choice to actually pay one of them, who would you pay? Why? Why are we? Why are we talking about them by by their their them being their parents' son? Like. Did 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 Ed Son do something to you? No, did, no, no. Did, no. Did, what, did, did, did you for the Broncos? I don't like it. Did, but why is it? But why Ed, Ed's like? Did you ask for an autograph? And he was like, Nah, you, nah, nah, you get, nah. We, not, we just we nah. just gonna call him Ed Son. That's, that's what we're doing today. By the way, people, we're talking about Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> can we let, can we just let it out, please? All right, All yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so like. This question got me thinking because running backs' values have been questioned recently uh-huh. within the NFL uh, with uh, Melvin Gordon uh, sitting out and, and Zeke threatening to sit out. And Christian is going to need to be paid soon. And D- Cam's dear, contract dear, is going up soon. Dear too. Cowboys, please overpay Ezekiel. Please. <laughs> please. I'm sorry. I had to get that out. Please pay Dak $30 million a year. Please. please. <laughs> well, hey, to, to get to the question, if it comes down to – they can only pay Christian McCaffrey or Cam Newton. I think Christian McCaffrey gets paid. What? I think he get now. Whoa. Do I want Christian McCaffrey to get paid over Cam Newton? No. Oh, okay. no. I don't want that. Now, you guys know me. I'm, I see the business side of it. Of course. You know, show that we just got the soccer team and not the baseball team. But we'll talk about that later. But I always <laughs> see the business side of it. And the business side of this is we don't have a premier running back. But we do have a third round draft pick in Will Greer, and this is oh, the this is the ultimate scenario that they uh, that they ultimately wanted. These these next two years will be development years for Will Greer, and if he develops properly, then they will go forward with Will, which will make the team younger, while having Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. What do you say, Jamal? I agree with that. I I totally agree with that. I, I I I'm having a hard time figuring out where I'm gonna go with this now, but I'm gonna make this work. Um, everything you you, you said, man. I and you know going back to when they drafted Will Greer, I I think the the wheels are already in motion to tell you the truth, man. Um, you know, hate to sound like a broken record, but especially with that doggone shoulder, I, it, seriously, if, if we get to that point two years from now. Cam is what 32, 33 32. By, by that time, yeah, and, and, and both of their contracts are up. And you know, we had a discussion off camera about running backs typically being overvalued, but mm-hmm. with Christian McCaffrey, it's hard to argue that he's not very valuable to this Panther offense. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I wish I had the percentage in front of me, but I mean, good lord, man, how <laughs> this dude is off throws or the right, the tackle. right, right, and and with Will Greer being here. It, it makes it that much easier to say, well, Cam, you know, you gave us a good ride, but so let me ask hey, you man, a question. Can't so, pay both of you. So in two years, if Cam is back to an MVP type level, what do you say about that decision? Trade. Wow, wow. man. Trade. Wow. <laughs> trade. wow. You didn't even blink when you said that <laughs> either. Like, just trade. Just trade. trade. Because wow. and, and the reason the reason why, why is is because I was actually about to bring that in into the discussion. I was gotcha. about to gotcha. if if Cam Newton is having a good year, if he's if he's having a mediocre year and, and it really comes down to because Cam 
I, I know we get looked at as being biased, being Panthers fans. Cam, in a mediocre year, is still a top 15 quarterback, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And given the right situation, he can still be a very dynamic quarterback. So, you, you, yeah, you use him as trade bait to, 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 for whatever reason, and you pay Christian McCaffrey, and you go with uh, uh, Charlotte's homegrown son, Will Griff. Davidson Dave. <laughs> I like the way you ordered it. I'm just I, like I mean, and and it's, County, so not from Charlotte. It, it's hard. It's hard for me to have this conversation, but at the same time, you got to look at you know you got to look at where we are. I mean, we're we're in North Carolina. We're in Charlotte. We we're we're in the Bible Belt, and with with being in the Bible Belt, you know what comes with that. This is a very vocal fan base, and I haven't seen that from Tepper just yet. Right. But but the team tends to listen to the fan base. In, in a lot of ways. And I mean, the, the whole country is the Bible Belt but, game, man. This will be real. Well, man. that's another story. Yeah, we had to talk about that one again. We, yeah. But, but <laughs> at the same time, it's it's like we said uh, about a month ago. Why spend a, a, a third-round draft pick on someone you, you're not planning on playing very right. soon? And, and, not, and not only that, you know, in football, it's a little different than basketball because typically when you talk about making trades in football – you know, it, you don't bring up value as much as you do in basketball. But mm-hmm. but at the same time, you're talking about an MVP quarterback's value versus a running back's value. Gotcha. And quite simply, on the business side of it, Cam Newton is better trade bait than any running back would be. You, yeah. you know what I mean? And yeah. and it's for, unfortunate to say that because I love Cam. He's my quarterback. I, I want him to retire here. I don't even want this to be a dilemma two years from now. Let me make that very clear. But if that is the case, they got to look strong and hard at that, man. So let me ask you guys a question. I'm just throwing this out there. A lot of discussion. Is, is Cam Hall of Fame right now? Yes. Yes. I don't think so. And 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 let me bring up this. Um, this has been a narrative for the last couple of years. If you bring up Cam Newton, it's almost met with universal criticism. And I'm speaking yeah. outside of the Carolina Panthers fan base. I'm taking the, the biases out, out of the uh, conversation. But it's met with, all the, with, with immediate criticism. Either he overthrows or his, his, his accuracy or he's too arrogant, he's too pouty, he wears a towel on his head, uh, he looks to run too quick, yada, yada, yada. If you bring up Russell Wilson, it's almost met with immediate acceptance in the football mm-hmm. community. Um, no one talks about the awesome defense he's played with. No one talks about the Hall of Fame running back that he's played with. Um, but he has all the same intangibles as a Cam Newton, for the for, you know, relatively speaking. <clears throat> but when you go look at the statistics, other than the Super Bowls, which is a team sport, mm-hmm. when you go look at the statistics, Russell leads in some categories, Cam leads in some categories. But when you compare the statistics, you get – the same quarterback. Yeah. You essentially get the and 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 that's I don't understand why one is met with universal criticism and the other is met with with universal acceptance. Um I think we're gonna delve into that a little later on in this particular segment. Um here's the thing with with, with the Hall of Fame and, and I wanna give you an example to kind of illustrate, you know, what what you were just talking about. Terrell Owens by anybody who knows the game of football, by anybody who watches dude play, it, it wasn't. It's not even a question whether this dude was the first ballot Hall of Famer or not. Yeah, it didn't take him the first try to get in. So I'm drawing this parallel with Cam Newton. It shouldn't be like this, but sometimes people take their own bias. Mm-hmm. 
their their own opinion of, of of the athlete, and they don't look at the facts that you just presented. That's the unfortunate part about the NFL Hall of Fame. Now, with Cam, it's a little different because I think it's arguable whether he's first ballot or not. Ronnie doesn't think he gets in. I think that's also fair. But the the whole entire point I'm trying to make is if we – whenever the, whenever that time comes, I hope people take their own bias, their own opinion. I don't care how he dresses. I don't care if yeah. you don't like his personality. I, all this dumb stuff, all this stupid, unimportant stuff, I hope that is now what ultimately does not get Cam into the Hall of Fame. Got you. Now, right. one one question before we move on. With the way that you guys view Cam Newton right now, does that view change if and when he gets the Super Bowl? No. No. Not not for me. No. 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 And speaking of that, what we're not here yet, but what we're going to talk about coming up, like, man, it, it sounds silly, man. This dude is more of a leader than I thought he was. I'll just leave it at that. All right. yeah. All right. Real quick before we move on to the next segment. One, winning absolves everything. everything. Cam yeah. Newton wins the Super Bowl. I, I think he's the, his perception in the national media changes and he makes a Hall of Fame. Hey, guys, where's that voice coming from? I, I don't know. <laughs> the disembodied <laughs> voice God, God. God. Of, the, of the producer. I'm like Tony Reale over here. I'm just, just spit some facts. What's the lottery number? The number. What player has the most rushing touchdowns player since 2011? Player. Cam Newton. Player, not 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 running back, not running not back, not quarterback, back. not Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton, a quarterback, has the most rushing touchdowns. That's that's an amazing stat, and I don't think we'll ever see anybody else do anything like that, especially not from the running back position. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Also, right. statistically, Cam Newton's season last season was his third best season out of his entire career, but. Which is odd because uh, most people would view it as a much maligned season for Cam Newton. Because of how it ended. Because of how they ended. But yeah. statistically, he was about the same as uh, his sophomore season. Like almost statistically Identical. across the board, except he was 10 percentage points higher on his completion percentage. Uh, and he had a 94 quarterback rating, which is the second highest in his career. So it's just kind of weird how we view Cam Newton because most people, the media will tell you he didn't have a good season last year. But. He did. He did. Stats say otherwise. I got a, I got yeah. a fun fact. Uh, John Elway completed fifty eight percent of his passes in his career. Cam is like at fifty nine. Fifty nine. Those, those completion percentage. Andrew Luck is also at fifty nine. But if you ask anyone who's who's more accurate, yeah, they're gonna say good. Andrew Luck. They they throw the ball a lot more, so of course he's gonna have more <laughs> yeah. incompletions. All right. All right. We're gonna uh, move on to the next thing. Uh, this week. Uh, Amazon released the All or Nothing series, uh, chronicling the uh, 2018 Carolina Panthers season uh, with the ups and downs and and behind the scenes scoops of what was going on. So, what do you guys think of it? How many episodes have you watched so far? I'll go first because I don't think I've completed as many as, as Vince. Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm committed. That's why I looked at you first. That's why I looked at you first. I had a feeling that was that it was gonna go that way, man. <laughs> but the the three and a half episodes I have watched because I fell asleep on four last night, man. I couldn't. So you're be... saying it wasn't that interesting? No, no, I'm saying was... I was tired. Oh, That's what I'm okay. saying. Why, why, why was you tired? Oh, <laughs> uh, take your vitamins. You stopped that, man. Right. But anyway, <laughs> <some water>. so <laughs> so far so great. 
And the first thing I wanted to say was, man, like, I don't want this to end. Like, what I mean by that, like, I I was, I was, this is something we can see, like, every week after every game. And yeah. that's, that's how into what I am, how into it I am, man. The behind-the-scenes stuff, ironically, man, there's nothing really surprising about gotcha. what I've seen so far. Like, like really, there, there's nothing that jumped out at me like, man, I didn't know such and such was this way. I didn't know such and such was that way. There's no surprises, but gotcha. it's still all very, very interesting, man. You get to see, and yeah, they even go to some players' houses. And, and, I know, and, yeah, you know what I mean? Me, like, yeah. they were in Cam's crib. They were in Thomas Davis's crib, man. Like, and, and that kind of stuff. You, it, it's funny, man. We we see these celebrities, and we see, and we always see them with the PC answers and the I'm in front of the camera answers. It's just really nice to see the human side yeah. of any celebrities, let alone our hometown, Carolina Panthers, man. I'm thoroughly enjoying it, man. Okay, um, so this is my second season of All or Nothing Watching. This is the fourth season overall, my second one. The first one I watched was the uh, Arizona Cardinals. And I told you guys a couple months mm-hmm. ago that I came across it randomly and was thoroughly surprised, was thoroughly surprised. So when the Panther season came out, I was I was pretty geeked up for it. But I'll be honest with you, it didn't really resonate with me the way that I thought it would. Um, like like to kind of echo what Jamal said, nothing really jumped out at me. Um, there, but there were there were about four things that I did take notice of. Okay, so two things that that um. That really stood out to me. And my bad if I'm hitting you guys with spoilers because I know you guys haven't got that far ahead. Yet. I'm about six but, and a half in. <laughs> um, two players that I wanted to highlight was Dante Jackson yeah. and Devin Funches. I didn't know their attitudes were the way that they've been portrayed on the show. Well, quick caveat. Okay. Um, Dante Jackson is recently upset about the way he was portrayed in that. Okay. Uh, that was released on the, released on the Panthers Wire today or last night. Okay. Uh, he was kind of upset about the way he was portrayed, kind of like as the hard headed kid. Uh, I got this. Let me figure it out. So he was he was just kind of yeah. upset about and, how he was portrayed. And 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 I and I'm actually glad that he put that out there because from what I saw, I um on the field last year, I saw a kid who was looking to learn, looking to be better, looking mm-hmm. to try and be the best. But I'm watching the show and it's like, hey. Leave me the hell alone. Like, I feel like you guys are picking on me. Mm-hmm. Now, stop talking to me before I take my ball and go home. And, like, it completely, completely surprised me. Mm-hmm. And speaking of narratives, um, I was a little upset but not surprised that the whole Eric Reed situation got glossed over the way that they did. Yeah, gotcha. and they I'm disappointed in that. Yeah. Now, yeah. when we spoke on this a couple months ago about what we thought going forward, I actually said that... I don't think I didn't think that they would have gave much attention to that because obviously the media was going to pick it up and, and run with their narrative. But when they when they spoke on Eric Reed, it was almost like they did it out of obligation. And then it was like, okay, we mentioned it. All right, let's move on. Now like, we're going. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like like okay, we got we yeah. out of obligation. We did it. Okay, because let's. there was so much that happened with Eric Reed during the season that they could have highlighted to to actually and, help him out. And, yeah. and not and not to cut you off, like you know, I obviously haven't gotten as far as you have, okay. but. Like, where was all the mention of the drug tests? You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I didn't see yeah, any yeah, of that. Yeah. You know what so, I mean? So, and, and again, like like Jamal said, you had you had all the drug tests. I think he I think he took seven drug seven tests. To eight, seven to eight drug tests during the season. Then it was the I wanna say the Giant it was either the Giants or the Philly game. Um one of the commentators refused to call him by his name. Yeah. 
And during the entire game, he referred to Eric Reed as number twenty five. Twenty five, yeah. And then and then there was a Pittsburgh game, the dreaded Pittsburgh game for the entire team. But Eric Reed got he got ejected that game for that late hit on Roethlisberger. And if you were if you watch the game, I, we can't all be like Jamal and like actually go to these games. So if you was watching the game, Jamal's a real fan. <laughs> if you were watching the game, when you listen to the commentators, the commentator was saying typically what happened is in a situation like this, the player won't get ejected. But if it's necessary to find him, the league will find, find him, him afterward. afterwards. Right. So the commentators were like he's they were a hundred percent confident he wasn't gonna get ejected. And then the refs come out and it was like number twenty five has been ejected from the game. Game. So I think they missed all of that stuff right. that they could have right. highlighted. Yeah, on a lot. But they basically just said, okay, we signed Eric Reed. And then I didn't like how they portrayed Cam Newton because uh, Ron Rivera and Cam Newton, they were in like a closed room meeting. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Ron was talking to Cam about possibly bringing in Eric Reed. Eric, and I thought it was dope yeah. that the team actually consulted. Cam Newton right. about player transactions. Right. So um, that so so for the people who criticize Cam Newton a lot, that kind of gives you some insight as far as how the team looks at him. Right. So I thought that was dope, but the little segment that they showed, it didn't seem like Cam initially was on board. Mm-hmm. Um, his biggest concern was the distractions. distractions. Yeah. He said, "Hey, look, if he comes in and play, that's cool." I just don't want no distraction, right. and I I didn't like that. I didn't like it either. Um, but then uh, you I know, understood it, but I, I'm I'm in well. well no, I, I'm and I'm not I, I'm not gonna steal your your thunder here, Vince. But I, I'm with you, Roddy, because when he said, well, you know, we, I I want him to understand what we're all about, and yeah. I can respect that part. Yeah, and I I also can respect the part of saying, well, I want to talk to him as well, because yes. that because at first I, I'm with you. I'm just like, come on, Cam, like. Yeah. How big of a distraction is it really going to be, man? You know yeah, what I mean? I agree. So, yeah, and yeah. Now, and then, and, and, but to end that, Cam said, you know, give me his phone number. Mm. I'll reach out and call him. Right. And I thought that was pretty dope. So, that, that entire situation, there were a lot of positives in it, but I really think all or nothing could have spent a little bit more time on the Eric Reed situation. Yeah. Um, and there was one more thing that I liked and then I didn't like. And that's, that's everybody's favorite Panther. Agent 89. <laughs> when I saw that he was on the practice field, yeah. I thought it was a little interesting because he still takes shot at the organization. Mm-hmm. So, like, like you currently still take shots and get your... But, cool, you guys are trying to mend fences. Um, I don't know if you guys have gotten there, but uh, DJ Moore had a bad yeah, game, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, Steve yeah. Smith was on the field, and he called Cam over. <laughs> and he was like... Fun, funniest thing I saw yeah, on the thing so far. That shit was hilarious. It was hilarious, man. Ate hey, that shit was like he standing right there beside you. He's like, yo, you think you, you think and I and I wish Cam I wish I wish Cam would have went more along with the joke. Like, yeah, you know what? You should bench Cam was him. way too serious yeah, in that moment, yeah. man. Cam was like, no, don't bench him. He's he's a good like I, I don't think Cam acknowledged that it. it was a joke. Yeah. But what upset me about Steve Smith was after that. He was him and DJ Moore was talking, were standing beside each other, and I can't remember the conversation. But Steve Smith said, "If you do X, Y, Z, I'm gonna slap you across, <laughs> across the head." And You're paraphrasing. It all oh, definitely You're paraphrasing. paraphrasing. <laughs> hey, this is a G-rated show, okay? <laughs> but and and it just reminded me of of those two broken jaws on his on his record. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying like like what like like we we okay we we talked about this during the draft yeah. because he went off on 
was it Rosen? Rosen, yeah. He yeah. went out for Rosen. Yeah. And and our yeah, thing is he's like, Steve, you're out, you're out now. Let me let me let me Vince, <laughs> let me speak to that, man. Let me speak to that. Here's reality, Vince. Steve Smith is never gonna change, man. Like that that fire that he has, even though he's not in the game of football. With with some athletes and with competitors like that, man, I just don't think that goes away. Regardless of whether it's annoying, aggravating, whatever you want to call it, man, it just does not go away. And to speak on the fact that he still hangs around the team after he's criticized the the organization, I thought him and Cam didn't have a good relationship. But if you but if they you let, he my bad, but, um, he admitted fault, and they've been they've been working on it going gotcha, forward. Gotcha. Yeah, and I. I th- it, and this is just me speculating. I don't have first and information, but I think that Steve Smith's relationship was very sour with Dave Gettleman yeah. and Richardson in particular. But he I'll still, agree with that. but he still has a lot of love for those players that he played with, yeah. which probably speaks to why he's still hanging around. Which I didn't know. That was a little shocking to me. I did not know Steve Smith was still that close to the organization where he's attending practices. I, something yeah, I that did not know. That was a shock to me. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and let me just say this. This is neither here nor there, man. But I turned into such a fanboy when he came and was going, oh, like, what? Like, 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 Steve, like, like, Steve, like, 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 Steve, I miss you, man. Like, I was a little geek. I'll, I'll admit, man. That was a good gesture. Look, man. Steve, cool with that, man. Steve Smith <laughs> was like my favorite Charlotte athlete of all time, man. So I was pretty geeked up when I saw him, man. But that Steve, was pretty cool. if you're listening... <laughs> I think he would make a great receivers coach. I think that's like mainly the one thing, the big thing. Ricky Pro did a pretty good job, but imagine Steve Smith teaching DJ Moore. I mean, come on, man. I have I have one question. <laughs> I have one question about that. We know Steve's personality, though. I don't question his knowledge one bit, no, not, a bit. not one ounce. But man, did they mess up? That first time they messed up. But you know what? Okay, <laughs> I thought about that, but but one thing I noticed from All or Nothing was North Turner is not like as nice a guy as. Well, as they, we, yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I like it too. Man. He yeah. was getting on cats, and I feel like maybe that's maybe that's what the receivers need. Maybe Ricky Pro was too nice. I mean, that's Kevin Kevin Benjamin was a talented talented dude. Um, uh. Devin Funches was a talented dude. I know Ricky Poe was gone, you know, during Funches' time, but for some reason we can't, we haven't been able to. We didn't get the best out of those guys. Out of those guys, yeah. and maybe yeah. they need somebody like man. Receivers coach will punch you, and you, <laughs> and you know. And, and did you guys know about Devin's uh, attitude before this? Nah, the show? man, that 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 really shocked me. Like he, like, like when when when, when people this year were saying that he quit, and they're like, nah, he just he just was going to. And, and I saw how he was acting. I'm like, man, that's, that kind of turned me off to the dude, man. Well, the thing is, looking back at it now and kind of putting it together and, and how the season ended, it's not surprising because yeah. just looking at his play on the field and, and, and seeing why he was replaced those last, what, four, four or five, five weeks. weeks in the season, it all makes sense now, man. And it's I hate to say it, man, it was kind of the same stuff Kelvin Benjamin was doing yeah. his, last, yeah. his last couple of weeks. Do you guys think? that all or nothing ended up being part of the reason why the Panthers collapsed. Because now that we know, like during the season, none of us really realized that Amazon was filming a show or that they were so ingrained into what was going on in the season. You take some young guys on the team, they're in the spotlight now. I mean, they're going to be on what's essentially a docudrama. Um, 
so when the wheels started to fall off, you know, other NFL teams didn't have the luxury of not having right. Amazon literally in their houses. I mean, these guys right. were literally in Cam Newton's house. Right. Do, you, do you think that was part of the reason? Um, that could be part of the reason, but I, ultimately, I think the defense got old before our eyes. Yeah, I would. I would kind of agree. I would agree with Rodney. I would say no that um, the cameras been in their faces. They didn't play a part, and, and and I said because these guys have been the best player on their team their entire lives, yeah. up until they got up to the NFL. So they always had a camera in their face. Mm-hmm. They've always kind of had to watch how they act and all that good stuff. So I I would say no. Um, no, but one thing that I did want to that I did want to mention, I I like the documentary because it was interesting to see the 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 atmosphere of the team during mm-hmm. that 6-2 start and how great and how upbeat and how chipper they were. And then when they took that first loss, after the, after the game, everybody was like, you know, we had a chance to win, but we couldn't pull it off. We had a good fourth quarter and everything. Things just didn't work out. So we're going to go tweak some things, and we'll be good for next week. Right. And then next week came, the and they lost again. And it was like, man, you know, like that was thing, you know, but you know, we're we're still good. We're still six and four. We're still prime position. And then to see that slow degradation of of attitude throughout the season. And I think it was I think it was interesting to see that. Like is in a good way and in a bad way well also. And then one thing that stood out to me as well is just Cam's leadership. How everybody kind of looks up to him mm-hmm. because, like the like the narrative that that that's kind of told us is he's not a leader. He he he's still pouty and all those. Well, you gotta understand who that's coming from too, man. But yeah. but the to 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 answer your your question, man, I think it's a fair point to think that it may have affected the team, but at the same time, I don't think so. Only because I think there's too much veteran leadership in that locker room to kind of let that be, let that be a distraction. Maybe to some of those young players, but but to the Thomas Davises and Greg Olsons and Cam Newtons, nah, I I can't gotcha. I can't really see it. I, and for the same reasons, Roddy's, I just think the defense got old, and I think Cam Newton's shoulder kind of. <laughs> yeah. And it was um it was interesting seeing the uh, the human side of uh, Greg Olson too. Oh, yeah, and again, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if y'all seen this episode, but like he he coaches like youth flag football. And he doesn't talk to them like they're eight-year-olds. He talks to them like they're... <laughs> he talks to them like they're 28-year-olds and whatnot. And I'll just leave it at that. But I got a nice little laugh out of, out of watching that little piece yeah. right there. Gotcha. All right. Uh, that, that's, that's the end of that one. So, uh, it's oh, kind of hot in here. We need some shade. Oh, man. So, Franklin Kaminskenstein uh, of the Phoenix Suns... Uh, Sent out an Instagram post? Yeah. He was like, I finally where I want to be. Uh how do you feel about this Franklin Shay? Um You are out of your damn mind if you think anybody wants to be in Phoenix. Frank, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you don't want to be in Phoenix. I man hey, there's probably not one player in the NBA that says, Man, I can't wait to go to the Phoenix Suns. Man, if you don't Charles Barkley ain't walking through that door. Yeah, Kevin Johnson ain't walking yeah, through that door. Yeah, let's go with Kevin Johnson or Dan Marley. Dan Marley ain't. go with Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, he's MVP there, man. <laughs> man, there's so much to unload here, and I'm going to try my best to make this quick because I don't want to spend an hour talking about Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so to, 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 uh, to, to provide some history, when Frank was at Wisconsin, 
you know, he was somebody was basically asking about going to the NBA versus staying in school. And yeah. he was like, well, Wisconsin is a fun environment and college is a fun environment. He was like, I don't know if I'm in a rush to go to the NBA and play in, and play in cities like Charlotte and whatever else. From the 13,000 people. Yeah, yeah, like, right, 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 16, right, right, 16, 20,000 right, people right. Now, in Wisconsin. Now even, though it was tr- now, even though it was true, I still stuck my middle finger up at him when he said <laughs> it. I was like, man, I'll keep Charlotte out your mouth, bro. So when he got drafted by Charlotte and his tenure here, majority of people didn't like Frank. No. Yeah, the majority of fans I didn't like Frank on or off the court. Now, to be fair... And to be objective, because I always want to be fair and objective. Frank, unless we're talking about Michael Jackson. Unless we're going. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, Vince. <laughs> so to be fair and objective, um, I think I think the hate for Frank on the court was 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 too much sometimes because I you know for the for the lack of his defensive and rebounding abilities, he was our leading scorer off the bench a lot. I think he won a couple of games for us, to be honest, especially towards the end of last season. You know what I mean? But at the same time, man, you know, if you don't want to be here, bye. Bye. You got to go. You know, it's that simple. I mean, I'm sorry I don't have anything more thoughtful to say than that, but at the same time, if you truly don't want to be here, if you truly think you can go shine, no pun intended, Somewhere else, by all means, <laughs> hey man, go go flourish, man. So Vince, I got a question for you. All right, will Vince Dunlap keep that same energy <laughs> of frank optimism when he fails in Phoenix? <laughs> I just know. Oh man, oh no, uh, Vince will not keep that same energy <laughs> because it will be the coach's fault. I told you, I already got that excuse built in. I got, I got my excuse, it, it, and if it's not the coach's fault. Uh, Devin Booker is taking too many shots, <laughs> or DeAndre Ayton is not clearing out the lane. Like I got my excuses ready. All right, I, I'm with Vince. Me and Vince, I think, are the only two people in the Hornets Facebook group that maintain if Frank goes to a Western Conference team and gets minutes, he'll play better. Uh, so here it is. Now, now I will agree. Now, I will say this: he he's gonna have a lot. He's gonna have a hard time getting minutes, but. With, now to, to to answer the topic with the shade, um, I honestly believe that Frank is being the bitter ex girlfriend. Like let let it go. Like you didn't have a good time in Charlotte. Um, they they like barbecue. They they chose that? now. <laughs> this this isn't where you want to be. This is where you ended up because Charlotte chose <laughs> you. not to pick up Thank your you. option. Right. All right. right. You ended up where you were able to go. And but with that being said, to caveat off of what Kaiser said. I've always said that if Frank Kaminsky went to the Western Conference, I've always said that his game translates better to the Western Conference. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm gonna shoot out a few stats for you guys to kind of support that argument. Okay. Shoot. Shoot. His 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 time in uh, Charlotte. No, last season he averaged like 9.8 points, four rebounds. Mm-hmm. But last season he shot a career best at with 46% from the field as well. If you look at um, his per 36, because you can't really look at your per game numbers because he'll play 30 Especially minutes Especially with him because his yeah. minutes were so inconsistent Yeah, he'll play 30 yeah. minutes tonight and then he won't play for two right, months. Right, So if you look at his per 36 every year, his rookie year, he averaged 13 points a game per 36. It then jumped up to 16 and then 17 and then finally 19.3 points a game last year, his per 36. And it's the same narrative with this uh, per 100 possessions. Every year, the numbers increased. Um, his last... Now, I'm not going to talk too much about 
last season because because he played good the last two months of the game, and then everybody's like, oh, my God, Frank all of a sudden played good. Maybe we should have kept him. No, he's been playing like that all four years. He just never got the time. And consistent he, time. The consistent time. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you say about his defense? We'll get to that. I, we'll, no, let me say something real quick. Dare I say even that got better the last month of the season, last season. Now, overall, I mean, it was pretty awful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, if we're talking about, uh, you know, just the, the 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 total package here as far as his career goes, it was pretty bad. But I'm, again, I'm about to blow you all the way with a stat. And, and, but toward and, the last month of the season, man, even that improved. Of all the centers on the roster – Frank had the best defensive rating per 100. I know you're going to say that. That's, you know what? <laughs> I'm not, I, look That's it up. Bad. I'm That's not bad. even. No, no, listen. I, listen, I'm going to just say one thing and y'all can go. Bisbeck Biyombo, dude. <laughs> get, get him off my team. I, I, if Frank Kaminsky. Drop him off. Back if, to the condo. If Frank Kaminsky can get 26 minutes, if he somehow can find 26 minutes, I think we'll see a, I think the fan base will see a Frank Kaminsky that they chose to gloss over over here. And I'm going to shoot off three more stats. Shoot it. And then we can we can go and do whatever, okay? His la- Cliff's last season, which was two seasons ago, Frank only scored 20-plus points eight times the entire season. But in those eight games where he scored 20 or more points, the Hornets went 7-1, and one, okay, in those eight games. I don't know what that means. I'm not a statistician or anything like that, but if you play eight times and you do something eight times and I win seven times, we probably need to try and see a little bit more. Of those <laughs> I don't know. but This, this may be, right? And then two, a little more. <laughs> two years ago, he played 26-plus uh, minutes 21 times. All right? In those 21 games, he scored in double figures in 18 of those games. Ooh. The season before... He played 26 minutes 34 times. And in those 34 games, he scored double figures 29 of those 34 games. Mm. Give Frank 26-plus minutes, and Charlotte would be over here complaining to Michael Jordan because he let somebody else go. So I got, I got a final question for you guys. How do those four picks from Boston look right now? <laughs> well, Boston ain't really doing too good neither, so what did they yeah, do with I, the picks? Yeah, I, it, it, honestly... This whole situation proves the fact that picks, just picks, aren't as valuable as people think they are. My, my question is always, if those picks were so valuable, why was Boston trying to give them away? Boston, I, I also have another question. Why is it always reported that Charlotte turned them down? That, like, yeah. we were the only team that yeah. turned them down. Why, why Miami. Is, Nine why? other teams turned them down. Yeah, I, I don't even And, and another thing, the, something funny, one of the reported picks that was offered is Terry Rozier. <laughs> and and and, and if he was available this year, he would have been uh, a lot of respect. I just want to say, congr- I want to congratulate us on one thing. We did a Hornet segment without talking about Kimmel Walker. Ah, <laughs> yeah, you ruined it. Yeah, you right, got so, so I've, I've, my, this is my last thing I'll say about Frank ever. This is my theory, my conspiracy let theory. Him Let's let him go. Yep, <laughs> I think that Coach Clifford. Excuse me. Never forgave Michael Jordan for calling him out publicly during the playoffs about Frank, and I think that he, out of spite, chose not to. I'm sorry, Michael Jordan says, "Post Frank up." 
They post Frank up. He scores 15 points on they, Justice Winslow. They, they win, win a playoff game. And they never. And they went away from it. Never, never do that again in the series. Not ever. Not in Coach Clip. And I got to think that's got to be spite. Here you have something. That's working. That's working. Malik Monk. You, you, yeah. You, obviously, most coaches would just do it until it doesn't work anymore. And, 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 then, and then this is after you said in the press conference, well, if Michael Jordan and Patrick Ewan tells you to do something, I guess I got to do it. <laughs> and then you don't do it anymore. Yeah, and, 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 and man, good luck in Orlando. Yeah, and I'll, I'll close it out on this. Uh, Frank, he 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 will always be an, an enigma enigma to Charlotte. And, I'm, and I say that because he's made a lot of comments that's, that's been hard for us yeah, to, to accept. Digest, right. You know, whether it be Hornets fans, whether it just been uh, progressive Americans or it's women, he, he's made a few comments that have offended a lot of people. So in that regard, it's it's been it's been hard to root for Frank Kaminsky. But the pure basketball fan in me, I sincerely believe that his game has always translated translated to the Western Conference, and I'm waiting on him to ball out. Amen. I'm waiting on him to Amen. ball out. We didn't have to watch those McAllister commercials. <laughs> All, right, <so>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into The tea into... is delicious. <laughs> yeah, he, he, got, he, he came in as a rookie with, with, with endorsement. endorsement. <laughs> All right, we're going to leave that alone. Uh, so we're going to talk about our culture segment. All right. All right. Uh, oh boy. So uh, this is, might be a little controversial segment. Uh, Not at all. We hope you still love us after this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about uh, Megan Rapinoe. All right. And the women's soccer team. She was just in Charlotte actually yesterday this yep. whole weekend. Uh, how do you guys feel about her cousin? How, how do you feel about the whole U.S. women's soccer team and everything? I love that it has become a movement. Yeah. Um, I love the message that they are sending. Uh, I, one of the, the things I actually hate to hear from people is I don't want politics in my sports. And although I can I understand that sentiment, the truth is that Sports is politics. It always yeah. has been. It always, always will, will be. be. And then, so now we have people uh, like her in the women's soccer team that are using that platform, uh, you know, to, to send a message because whether they know it or not, you know, being white women, they're in a position where people are going to listen to what they say regardless of whether people like it or not. Yeah, that's true. You know that's what I'm true. saying? Uh, NFL players lose their careers over making similar sentiments. You know, black NFL players, you know, a predominantly white women's soccer team. Uh, they're going to, you know, people are going to listen. They're celebrities now. And uh, so in that regard, though, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a negative. I think that that is great that they're using their platform for that. Uh, the idea of, of equal pay, we, we spoke about that that a little bit last week, uh, last week and un- unfortunately the numbers don't don't bear out um, like we would like them to it's, it's the, the argument with the NBA and the WNBA uh, there's just not enough revenue mm-hmm. uh, on that side you know f- for it to be equal so I, I want to speak to that very quickly and I, I'll, I'm let y'all I will move on really quickly man I, I had a conversation with just somebody random this week and I didn't even I didn't even know the guy and we we started discussing you know, uh, uh, the women's soccer team, their pay versus the men's pay, mm-hmm. U.S. soccer team. <clears throat> now, for anybody who knows, the U.S. men's soccer team is terrible. They didn't even qualify. They didn't qualify, they didn't qualify last. They've run. been terrible. They've been <laughs> terrible for a while. And, you know, he, he was explaining to me, like, with the, with the whole system, it's like a global pay scale. 
Like it's not just the U.S. The U.S. is not really getting paid by any governing body in the U.S. It's like this: wherever the governing body over the Olympics is basically paying all the men and they're paying all the women. So it's hard to say, hey, you know, the U.S. women's team is obviously a lot better than the men's team. Why aren't they getting paid more? So the point that I made to the gentleman was, well, if that being that that's the case and that's that's viable, but being that that's the case. The U.S., it's, I don't want to say responsibility, but it's upon... They do have an obligation. I, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's upon the U.S. as an entity to make sure that these women are getting paid properly through sponsorship. Just to compensate Through yeah. sponsorship. Now, it obviously might get a little tricky with what's going on and who decides that they want to hop on board with, <laughs> with the U.S. Uh, women's team now. But at the same time, if they do, it's really their responsibility to say... You're doing a, you're at least doing a great thing on the field. If you think they're doing a great thing off the field, make sure that they're getting compensated for it. So just wanted to kind of mention that real quick. Um, I think I'm gonna have a pretty long winded answer here because this this conversation could go in twenty different directions. I have, I think we all have a lot to say. Yeah. This. First <laughs> off, uh, on behalf of on the construction, I just want to apologize to the U.S. women's uh, soccer team because they won the World Cup a couple weeks ago. And other than Rodney's shout out, we really haven't given them too much attention. Right, right, right. So we probably should have done that sooner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our apologies and congratulations on winning the uh, World Cup. Dominating. Yeah. In regards to the uh, pay, how much they should get paid in relation to the men, personally, I'm going to leave that conversation alone because I've seen so many arguments so many different narratives. I don't think I'm properly educated right now mm-hmm. to speak on that particular Same. topic. So I'm going to leave that alone before, I, you know, because I don't want to put myself out there like that. And then the whole world be coming from me like you guys are going after Jermaine Dupree right now for his stripper <laughs> rapper comments. Next come another conversation. Um, in regards to the House of Soccer here in Charlotte, I know we're not soccer fans, but in the next five years or so, I think we will be soccer fans. Even, even if by not not by choice, because by the the soccer community here in Charlotte is so strong. I didn't it's even so I didn't strong. know there was a house of soccer going on, but I know traffic was crazy yesterday downtown. So on Friday night, I went. Me and my wife went out to eat, and so we just were uptown, and we went to like they had the events going on after the the event for soccer thing, the the, uh, the uh, house of soccer thing. And the crowds out there at nine o'clock at night was still strong. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, Charlotte is ready. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and for those of you that that aren't aware, uh, House of Soccer, I believe, is an actual annual event between um, what the um, ACF and Arsenal. Those are the two teams that play this week and throughout the entire weekend. It's basically just a celebration of soccer. Yeah. And uh, Megan Rapino, she or Rapino, sorry, she was actually out there and she hosted. Uh, some sort of a clinic out there helping the kids with the drills and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. And they interviewed her. They gave her um, they gave her a platform to continue to speak um, on 45. And uh, they asked her in regards to what happened in Greenville, and we'll talk about that later, um, did she feel like he had crossed the line, he being the uh, president? And she said, well, no, he didn't cross any lines because the lines that he crossed were crossed years ago. ago. He's always crossed lines before. And I kind of want to use that to kind of segue into Colin Kaepernick. 
uh, a lot of people didn't know who Megan uh, Rapinoe was until this recent run by the U.S. soccer team. Right. But she's been kneeling. Well, oh, she wow. knelt first in 2016. Um, that's when I first uh, learned who she was. She first knelt in 2016. Now, with, with them winning the World Cup, her status has actually been elevated in addition to her protest. Which is great. I, now, granted, she still has the people that her, her detractors and her critics, but overall, her status has just completely taken off. And I absolutely love her for taking a stance in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick. Mm. But I, I saw a quote a couple of years ago that essentially said that when it comes to activism, the originator of the movement almost always tends to be the martyr, yep. and his or her followers end up being the one. Who uh, who benefits off of that movement? And I think this is the perfect scenario right here right. because while her status is being elevated, almost a rock star like status, Colin Kaepernick, like what, what is it? like he he hasn't played football in three years. Right. Right. You know, for, forget the two NFC title appearances, forget the Super. Like he has a legitimate um, 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 resume, and yet he can't play football while her status is completely taken off. And one more thing I wanted to highlight, I wanted to highlight the the privilege that she's allowed in comparison to Colin Kaepernick. When asked about the current administration, Kaepernick answers questions, but he kind of beats around the bush. I don't think it would be good for me and him to be sitting in a room together. Like, that's a way to say no while being politically correct about it. Right. Megan Rapino, I'm not going to the effing White House. Like it's 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 blunt. It's yeah, in it. yeah, and, yeah. and like she's allowed to get away with it. So you know, again, I appreciate and I applaud her for taking up the fight as well. I just wish in response, Kaepernick was allowed to. Well, actually, I got a question about that. Given seeing that Kaepernick is probably never going to take another snap in the NFL, shouldn't he be saying things like that now? Does it matter now? Because we're saying she's allowed to, I have he's a, not. But I have a counter. I, mean, he, I have already, a. I have I, a counter question to that. I wonder why he's been so quiet lately. I really do. I think it's a fair question. I because ever since that settlement check, we haven't heard much I, from him, man. Yeah. And, you know that's what I mean? Well, that, that, that's a fair question. As much as I hate it, that's a fair question. No, I do too. Now, I don't to get, like it, but I to, have to ask it. You know what I mean? Now, to get to your question first, because I don't think he would be allowed to be more blunt now, because if he comes out now and be a lot more blunt, the response would be, see, it was never about football equality. It was always about him wanting to increase his platform. Mm-hmm. Why has he been a lot more quiet the only thing I could say would be that from the start, he has always said that he didn't want other people to join his movement. It was something that he'd done on his own fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he ever expected himself to be an outspoken activist, so to speak. And once everything happened, it was a snowball effect. It was a snowball effect. Yeah. And and I and, and I'm not I'm not I'm not justifying his actions or his lack thereof. But I honestly think Kaepernick is in a position now to where no matter what he does, it's going to be met with criticism. Well, that's kind of why I'm saying, yeah, no matter what he does, I mean, people either, no one's in the middle on Colin Kaepernick. You support him or you don't. And so nothing he does or says will change. If people hate, if someone hates Colin Kaepernick, 
he can't say anything that's going to make to change their it. mind. Right. right. So at that point, why I think, not? I think that's going to be an ongoing yeah. theme in this discussion. Yeah. But. yeah I mean, why? <laughs> and even if he, even if he was allowed to come back in the NFL and he agreed not to protest, then the narrative would be: see, it was never about equality. He yeah. just wanted a starting spot or more money. So. um yeah, I, I really think it's a damn if you do, damn if you don't scenario for for Kaepernick. While others are allowed to um, loudly yeah. protest. Now, I will say, I don't follow baseball, Kaiser or Jamal. Maybe you guys can help me out. There was one baseball player that did uh, kneel. For the Oakland A's, actually. And he's out of the baseball now. And he hasn't played since. <laughs> baseball, now, but and we all know baseball. baseball little boy. Now, old, yeah. old now and it is, in, in a way, it's kind of hard to defend him. This is me being, this is me being devil's advocate. Um, a lot of people say Kaepernick is out the NFL because he was a mediocre player. A lot of people say Megan Rapino is allowed to do what she does because she's a legitimate, legitimately good Sorry. soccer player. The baseball player... When you go look at the stats, he, he wasn't, wasn't very. He wasn't he, very good. He wasn't. He, wasn't, he, wasn't, he, he, he wasn't bounced around good. from in the AAA or in the minors for like the first he, four or five. He, years. He, I'm an I'm an Oakland A's fan. He, uh, he bet. That's another story. For another <laughs> You're not a real fan of all sports. <laughs> but he basically got called up because of injury, man. So just okay. to kind of get yeah, you he played back. like three seasons, um, sporadically, and then I think in his third season was when he knelt. Yeah. And like we haven't seen him since. So oh, you never see the him truth again. about whether or not Colin Kaepernick is out of the league because of his play, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Because there are some teams that legitimately that we know did not want Colin Kaepernick to play in the NFL because of his stances. And there were some teams that wanted Colin Kaepernick, but either they felt that he wasn't worth his Stars. asking price or they knew that he wanted to be a starting NFL quarterback. I mean, the, look at the Seahawks. They they pursued Colin Kaepernick and Back it just up. didn't work out because right. I mean, we all, he's going to sit behind right. Russell West or I'm sorry, uh, Russell Wilson, and Colin Kaepernick don't want to sit behind. Him. Well, now now I don't think that's the case because he I think he was willing to accept the backup role, but uh, Pete Carroll came out in the interview and said we see Colin Kaepernick as a starter and we don't want to have a starter as a backup. And that was their justification for not bringing him on. That's I mean, I'm, like I'm, I mean, I'm certain that sentiment is true. Yeah, but is. but I mean, they did reach out to him yeah. about coming to the team. I don't think they would have reached out to him if they thought that well, you're not, you know, you're not going to play. I think yeah. that was kind of, and that was kind of their way of helping Colin Kaepernick save some some face. I don't yeah. think they wanted, yeah. uh, you know, teams like you know we looked at the, the Ravens, even the Panthers kind of talked about it. You know, I think there were a lot of teams that were interested in Colin Kaepernick's services. But here, here's one thing I want to say uh, re- regarding uh, Megan uh, Rapinoe. Make no mistake about it, y'all. Make no mistake about it. The vitriol this woman has oh against her is gosh. very real. Like, yeah, I, 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 I agree. Gotta, like, like, like this morning, I was looking in the Panthers group because she took a picture with Christian McCaffrey. And the vitriol that was, that, that was spewed in that group, yeah. it was just like... All she, all this woman is doing is voicing her opinion. She's not forcing anything. All you do is just tune out if you don't like it. 
and the things that she and because, was called and the listen, and, 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 and that same, and I, I saw the same post you did, and the amount of people in that group was like, I got to find a new team to root for, and how come, how could the Panthers do this? They and, said the same thing about the Eric and Reed. I, and you, you stole my thunder, because I was just like, y'all were probably the same people that said the same thing when Eric Reed got signed. And You're still here. Shut up. Let me add one more, <laughs> let me add one more thing in regards to the, uh, the privilege that she does have as a white woman. I don't know if you guys have, uh, known this but while here in Charlotte this weekend she's actually been asked if she's gonna run for office at any point wow 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 <laughs> could you imagine calling cabinet and submitting his name for whatever could you imagine that but she, now now granted she 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 said she don't think that life would be for her right but she didn't she didn't she didn't close the door all the way she left she cracked the door I'm glad but, you mentioned that because here's a thought I had on the way here today because, um, you know, th- there's also been a lot of vitriol with the, the squad, so to speak. We all know that's uh, Ayanna Harris, uh, AOC, uh, Omar, and um, what's the guy? Help me out with the other senator, forgot, congresswoman. But we know, y'all know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. And it's very, it's, maybe it's not that ironic, but it's, it's a little ironic that the squad gets met with so much vitriol along with Megan Rapinoe, and they all are kind of kind of, uh, uh, telling the same message. They, mm-hmm. they all are speaking to equality yeah. for all. That yeah. is the central message with all five of these women. Yeah. But for some reason, <laughs> you don't love America. Like none, 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 none of these women love America because they want equality for all. And there's, oh, a, oh, there's a quote that goes with that. Then I'll, I'll let you get it back, Ronnie, uh, to speak what you were saying, Jamal. To those that have lived a life of privilege, um, equality feels like oppression. Mm. All right, so uh, there it is. There was a rally <laughs> in Greenville. <laughs> that saying that was boy. a perfect segue. <laughs> that was, 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 was a bridge. You had that quote on my mouth. It's a perfect bridge, man. Um, so there was a rally in Greenville, North Carolina, <laughs> this past week. Uh, and the crowd kind of ain't no kind of the, the crowd shamed North Carolina the, the average North Carolinian they were shouting send her back basically in response to the the, 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 the uh, four junior senators that, that have been vocal against uh, 45 and his administration kind of tried to walk back like he really didn't support it. Boy, but they boy they backtracked more than Deion Sanders. Boy, <laughs> boy, boy but, have mercy. But but the thing is, like for like 10, 13 seconds, he's sitting there with a smug look on his face, like, yes, I love this. Yeah. He didn't and tell him to shut up. He didn't tell him thank you. But we're talking about this because this happened in North Carolina. Yeah. We're a North Carolina based show. And things have to be said. And I don't care if you don't like it. So yeah. uh No no. Yeah, we, and we and don't. to we care. don't care. Yeah, to caveat off of that, for those of you that are watching and who may not dis- who may not agree with uh, some of our comments, part of the reason we started this podcast was so that we can talk about things from a perspective in which we and our our audience, so to speak, would be able to understand and relate to. Uh, for the most part, we really didn't want to do this podcast. This podcast is being done out of necessity mm-hmm. and we we've been frustrated with the coverage of whatever topic whether it be sports 
uh, culture, uh, current events, whatever, and we're not hearing it from a perspective that that we can really relate to. So that that's part of the reason that we 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 started this podcast. And the topic that we're about to go into is one of the things that we told ourselves that we would not avoid talking about because we would be doing ourselves a disservice if we did. Right. So with that, I'll, I'll let Jamal take over, and uh, we'll see where this goes. Um. Let me. I have a confession to make to y'all. Yeah. I, I, let, let me. Let me say this. When 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 Rodney initially brought this up in, in our group discussion, let me say something, man. I I did not want to talk about this today, but let me be very clear as to why I didn't want to talk about this. It definitely was wasn't because I was scared to confront it. That's definitely not the reason mm. I wanted. To, I, I I wanted to stay away from it. I didn't want to talk about this today because I am exhausted. Like I literally am exhausted with talking about anything that has to do with this administration. I am I'm to be to be honest with y'all out of obligation. This is our podcast. This is our show. Of course, I'm going to fulfill my duty today. But when I tell you, I, I to me, it serves no purpose. I'm going to let me explain why I, I, I feel the way I, I, I do. We again, I'm going to go back to a point I made earlier. We have five women who are who are who are who are construing the message of peace, love and equality for all people. That is a very simple message. There's not much nuance to that. It's a pretty easy thing to conceptualize. Why is it that they don't love America again? And we have our so-called. I, I can't even call him a leader. I'm, we have the occupant of the White House who has changed the narrative. He was asked very simply, why don't you, why didn't you stop this chant? Mm -hmm. It is on video. We see the video. We see the 13 seconds where he is exalted in these chants because that's what this is about with him. It is his ego. I even think over anything racial, which it is, but don't get me wrong. But I think over everything that we talk about, this man is here to feed his ego. His 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 campaign is about his ego. I want to be very clear about that. I don't care whoever doesn't like that at all. We see these obvious examples of this occupant not disavowing racist comments, not Basically, just this occupant has done nothing to try to unify people of all races, colors, creeds, whatever. And we see all these obvious examples and I, and people are being obtuse about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. They know this. People know this and they and they choose to act like it's not happening. I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. When it, it, it is literally like trying to talk to a brick wall when you try to have a logical, sensible discussion about what is going on with this administration. And there are people who choose either not want to understand or maybe they don't. Whatever and, the case is, I'm over it, man. And here, here's the deal that kind of add to that. I haven't even seen the video. I haven't even seen the chance. Most of the headlines attached with him and his administration mm -hmm. I haven't even seen or heard the sound bites or the video bites 
And the reason why, like Jamal said, I'm tired of it. I'm I'm tired. I'm I'm actually tired of hearing all the impeachment talk because I'm tired you guys, of that too. You guys, we we've been talking impeachment for two years, and every time something happens, oh, this is it. This is this this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. He is out of there, and then he rises above. And you 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 made me think about another point I was going to make, man. Like they've called this man Teflon Don before. If this don't prove this dude is Teflon Don, I don't know what and else does. In, I, in in regards to those comments in in Greenville in Eastern North Carolina, and what what got me the most, there was a council member. I believe it was one of the women. I can't remember the name, but there was a council, a city council member here in Charlotte that made comments the other day that if what happened in Greenville were to happen today and if the city council were to vote whether or not to have the RNC here in 2020, the outcome would be different. And it pissed me off because I don't understand three years later how you needed all of this to happen to finally see what him and his administration was about. When you get paid to be closer to them than the average American. That was just American. a reactionary statement yeah. because they knew the that. Moment. Exactly. They, when they voted for the RNC to be here, they knew. Okay. That's, that's all about and I'm gonna take And I'm going to take this a different, a different route. Um, when they voted in favor of the RNC, the, the general reception to that was because of the financial aspect. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a huge boost to the economy. You know, and, to, be, to be honest with you, to me, I think the reason why they brought the RNC here was because they wanted to do a favor to the Rock. Because North Carolina, the, 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 the Senate and everything is ran by Republicans. So they want to do a favor to those Republicans. Hey, you scratch your back, I'm going to scratch your back. And we can work together, and it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. Right. I'm just going to be real with you. Let, and let, let me say national, one. National perception is going to be bad. Let me let me say this one thing because I think this is extremely important to say, because the reality is there's going to be a Republican who watches this, and they're going to be like, "Well, this is such a liberal point of view." <laughs> and, and, and let me please, I, and I hope people hear me loud and clear when I say sorry. this. No, no, but listen, yeah. but listen, but I want people to hear me loud and clear when I say this. This is a political discussion, whether we like it or not. And I, but I don't want to get too far in this. I'm so sick of people with gang mentalities. And hear what I say about this. I'm a part of the conservative gang. I'm a part of the liberal gang. Take this gang mentality out of it. To me, this is about sensible people versus <laughs> unsensible people. Yeah. Seriously. Now, it, it's listen. This is about progress versus not making any progress. So, what? Please let me finish, man. I want to ask anybody who supports this administration, going going back in time to other Republican administrations, why is it, do you really think it's a coincidence that this particular administration meets so much uh, criticism, vitriol, from even Republicans? From both sides. From both sides. I'll just keep it at that, man. So... The, the bring back the the bring the, the take them back chance to me is it's it's crazy because three to four ladies 
were born in the United States. United States hey, maybe they were talking about Melania Trump. Maybe we should give <laughs> send her back. Well, and, 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 and then on top of that, and, 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 and it kind of harkens back to the fact that they want to make America great again. America is 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 constantly browning, and they want to take it back to a time where they were seen as, they, they they were seen as. I guess you said the the superior race and class at, in the United States, and and they want to take it back to a time where we knew our place, in, in a way, like we didn't speak out too much because we knew the the repercussions of what happened to that, and then also like it's it's, it's just crazy. Like if, if you think back, my father was born in 1964. The Voting Rights Act happened in 1965. He was born in the United States with not the full citizen so the citizenship rights. So basically, all our parents were born in the United States, but they didn't have full citizenship rights. Citizenship rights. Think about that. It's, it's, it's not too far off. Like 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 going going back. Yeah, is, we're just we're only like one generation removed from Jim Crow. Like yeah. My, you know, my my father tells a story. But he went to segregated schools in Rock Hill. My dad did too. And he tells a story about how you know he went from a segregated schools to integrated schools and the struggles of that. That was that wasn't that long ago. My dad's only sixty one. So. You know, a lot of people don't realize um, we're still feeling the dregs of inequality. That's why we fight so much for equality. Mm -hmm. Honestly, not just equality, but equity. Like, you got to make up. You just can't. I'm sorry. I just can't let bygones be bygones. You're going to have to make up for for that somehow. And I think people uh, who are supportive of, of this administration know that that day might be coming and they're going to fight. They're going to do whatever they can to make sure uh, that it doesn't get... I want to I want to send out a uh, call to action to Under Construction and everybody that's watching. Uh, Kaiser, you've made the comment earlier today. Jamal, you made the comment in regards to um, talking politics. When it comes to uh, equality, whether it be racial equality religious equality, gender equality, whatever equality out there. Personally, I don't see any of these topics as as as, as political. And I think we Isn't need, it like common sense and just Well, yes. it's it's humanitarian. I mean? Right. And right. there's a there's an ESPN a- anchor Dan LeTard. He went on a epic 4 to 5 minute rant. If you guys haven't seen it, I'll send it to you. And his one of the he started out by basically saying that we don't talk about this stuff on ESPN unless an athlete says it right. because ESPN likes to avoid politics. I want us to get away from saying that this is it's not politics, it's humanitarian. Yeah. Right. Wanting right. equality simply because I'm a black person or African American, that's not political. That's 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 humanitarian. So I, I want us to get away from saying it's political. I don't want to talk That's politics. It's it's it's, it's not political point. in my opinion. It shouldn't be. In, in, it shouldn't be political. It shouldn't be political. People say that to avoid having to talk. To oh, avoid I don't, having I don't to call politics. But, yeah, I agree. But that but that goes back to what I was saying about this gang mentality, man. Like as a human being, like whether you're registered as a Democrat, Republican, to me it doesn't really mean much. Like, yeah, agreed. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, what do you think is sensible? What do you mm-hmm. think will yeah, benefit agreed. all people? 
It's just a common sense. And this administration has not demonstrated just basic humanitarian common sense, man. And just, that's why I'm so frustrated with talking about anything relating to this, man. Yeah, like, agree. Also, I, I know that we are, uh, our podcast focused mostly on, you know, the region, Charlotte, the Carolinas. Uh, but we do have some listeners that are not from here or are transplants. So you, you got to understand how Charlotte is in relation to the rest of the state or even the region. Charlotte is, we are a blue city in a sea of red. There's a reason why they Trump doesn't have rallies in Charlotte or anywhere close to, you know, Greenville is a good little bit, bit away. Yeah, the mentality of people, I'm telling you, you can go, we were talking about this off air. Right, right now, we're right on the edge of uh, Charlotte and Mount Holly. You can literally go five miles down the road to <laughs> Belmont, and it's like uh, a completely different. You go 10 miles down the road to Gastonia. It's night and day. Uh, you you know, so th- it, it's important to note that what happened in Greenville is not indicative of the entire state. Of the entire state. However, I would say that the majority of people that live outside of the highly populous areas in think North like Carolina, yeah, they think Dude, like that. And, yeah. that's why and, 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 and it's basically a North Carolina is a microcosm to the nation. It's 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 basically division. You got the urban, rural, and suburban divide, mm-hmm. and and it's just continually going on. Like some suburbs outside of DC might be blue, but when you go county over yeah. and southward, it, it's 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 yeah. all red. Right. It's, it's just it's different ways of thinking. It's different ways of living. Well, I'm sorry. Well, to, to kind of lighten this up, um, I think the most important question about this topic in general hasn't been asked. So I'm going to ask you guys, um, when the uh, 2020 RNC comes to town, where are we taking a trip to? <laughs> Where well, we go- I'm going downtown to protest. <laughs> okay, I'm That's with you. I'm, I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. Okay, ain't they, nobody they gonna drive me out of this city. I'm not going to. Pro- okay, look, y'all. I'm, I, Vegas, Miami, I'm, I'm all New York. about. I, I'm all about that protest. Like, I support it. I don't do the protest. I don't do the marching. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm like, I'm gonna let them live. I'm, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, what you want to be saying. Not, not, li- not literally, <laughs> people. Not, not, literally, literally, yeah. not literally. We, <laughs> we gotta get taken off anchor. Right. <laughs> I, I, I might just, I, you know, observe what's going on. Uh, I, I think that the RNC might cause for some, some groups, unfavorable groups, to Indeed. descend upon our area. Yeah. If that's the case, then I'm. Then Can I, I speak might. To that? Yes. Um, let me speak to that. Charlotte ain't the place for no, that. No, no, no. Let me let, let me speak to that. Let me speak to that. Going back to what I said, here's just my opinion. If this was, in, let's just say this was the Bush administration and the RNC was here next year, I don't oh, think it would yeah. be that big no, of a deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, you know what I mean? I wouldn't. Nobody would care. It would just be okay. RNC's here, cool, whatever. I'll stay away from downtown to avoid the traffic. But with this particular administration, they're going. We all think there's going to be some unfavorable we're, groups. We're going to get the people that chant send send her back. Send we're going to get back. some that's of these Charlottesville get, folks yeah. in Charlotte and, and that's, because that's of this kinda, administration. That's kind of why I asked the question. Like I'm I'm not one to run from a fight per se, but at the same time I'm I'm older now and I know if I found myself in that situation, my emotions will get the best of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm I don't want to be a martyr in any way. I don't want to go to jail because you you can't you can't do anything from jail from lockup and whatnot. So 
Am I really gonna take a trip when when it comes up? Probably not. But Be in the house, I'm probably gonna right. stay in the house. I'm probably gonna stay in the house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, again, man, it, there are gonna be some people who look at this and they're gonna be like, these guys are against Republicans. These guys are against all Reds, black people, all Democrats, all black people, Democrats, all black people, blah blah blah. And uh, uh, I just I, I can't say it enough, man. This gang mentality has to just end, and people just have to yeah. be sensible, man. I'm gonna wrap this up. Um, we we had it. We had it was on our conscience to talk about this. Yeah, and I'm glad we got uh, glad we got this off. We we, we talked about it. Uh, and we're gonna move into our shout outs now because uh, we go on about this all day. Yeah, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. All yeah. right, so <laughs> my first shout out, um, I want to shout out uh, David Tepper. Okay, Mr. Brass Balls is a go getter. He already has sixty suites lined up for for the MLS soccer team. I told y'all. He already has Ally <laughs> as a sponsor for the jersey and Bank of America Stadium. <laughs> Catch that irony. Um, he's just a go getter, man. Uh, go buy that Hornets team. Uh, <laughs> really, <man. laughs> really, Rodney. Hey, man, that's it, man. Um, I am. I'm gonna shout out uh, somebody who gets on my last nerve on Facebook. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan. He he is an annoying Dallas Cowboy fan, but he's also my friend. His name is Tony Goins. He also goes by DJ Cutlass. Um, Annoying Cowboys fan, but also, man, a really great dude, man. Like a really positive, supportive, great dude who I got to uh, shout out, man. I, I ran into him this weekend. Uh, he he showed this show a lot of love, and he mentioned to me, he was like, man, we watch a show in our barbershop. And being that we're babies in this so-called industry, man, like that, that little thing meant a lot to me, man, so... Again, shout out to uh, DJ Tony Cutlass, man. That was that was uh, that was dope, man. So I had to shout you out. Bit. Might have to go pay him a visit. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, my shout out would be very uh, macro today. I want to give a shout out to uh, Marshala Ali. Did I say his name right? I probably didn't, Marshala. but I probably screwed my heart. Yeah, we Marshala. know we, they yeah. know who we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yesterday he was pegged as the new blade. Oh. Congratulations! Um, Congratulations! As an actor, he wouldn't be my first choice, but I'm still geeked either way. I'm a big fan of Blade. I'm waiting on them to recreate Spawn, but uh, for them to for Marvel to be uh, rebooting up Blade like that and to incorporate it into the MCU, that that was that was real big. So I just want to say congratulations on that, and I'm just waiting to see the film. That's big because a lot of people don't understand that was the first Marvel Studios film. It wasn't the first MCU film. Yeah. But that was before they got everything started. That was was the first Marvel Studios film. So, yeah. I got one more thing to say (laughs) real quickly, man. Hey, guys. It's called Lost Tapes for a Reason. Oh, man. <laughs> Kaza, is, give us a shout out. You could have kept getting lost. It's an album for the throwaways. You will not tarnish this man's uh, legacy. Give us a shout out. Jay-Z would do that. Because of, it probably shouldn't have been released. This album would not tarnish this man's legacy because of an album full of unreleased songs. We got a whole Check out that Maxo Cream. Jay-Z uh, produced a track listing for him. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> one last thing. Thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. No doubt. And... Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to all of the people that we know that are out there chasing their dreams. Teach your kids chase dreams, not work, um, and you know just keep grinding away. No doubt, because uh, you you never know. So. No doubt. Thank you for watching under construction. Right, I appreciate it. Dreaming, scheming. Oh lord, that should have been a lost drink. Tape. I'm leaning. <laughs> Future, past, present. <laughs>